song, dude. <laughs> Apparently, I was not ready. For you weren't ready for it, bro. I was not ready for this side, but you know who was ready? The Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. We were talking about how Connie was telling me that I, like if I'm going to church or whatever, like, like why don't I apply it and this and that? Oh, because no, he said to go to church, not to be the church. that I'm a bad boy or a bad kid, which I'm not. I'm actually a good person. Allegedly. I'm actually a good person with a heart of gold. Your heart's made out of gold, bro? Yeah, dude. And Maybe that's why it hurts all the time. My heart is actually a mictum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, you don't like that one? I thought that was a good one. I thought that was a good one. Bro, <laughs> I went back and re-listened to the very beginning of the first the first message that Jason preached on the mictums. And yeah. he was like, he was like in, in Hebrew, they say it like, mictum. <laughs> but I'm going to say Mictum because I'm from Amarillo. <laughs> I was like, bro, they don't say it that way. They say Mictum. Mictum. A Mictum. A Mictum. Anyways, I am a Mictum. My heart is gold. Okay? My His heart, heart will say no other name. Jesus Jesus, Jesus. 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 That's right. There's only two Jesuses in there. But anyways, podcast listeners, my daddy said just go to church. That's all he said. He's like, go That's to church. Whether I apply it or not is not what he told me to do. That's true. All he said was... Go, go to church. to church. And that's what I do. That's what he's doing. Look at how funny your face looks right That's here, what bro. I do. Dude, my face does look funny, bro. <laughs> I'm falling asleep. Uh, well, because you're tired, bro. I am tired. It has been a long day, dude. It's hot. It was a hot day today. Bro, it was like a thousand outside. Dude, like I walked outside and my skin started sizzling, bro. It did. And I was like, but what the heck? that's because you're hot, though. Oh, thanks. Like this. Anyways, yeah. It was a hot day today, man. Yeah, dude. You know, days like this make me really wish we get the coldest winters ever. Uh, we got a pretty cold one last year, kind of. No, not really. We got like a week of of death. Mm. In I wish it was longer. In, I feb- wish, in February. I wish it was longer and bad enough to where it don't go to work. And I was like, all right, I bet. All right, I bet. I won't go to work. I won't go to work now just see because if, you see asked if me I ever to. try and go to work again. How about that? But I know that the shop's going to be like, hey, it's snowing, come to work. All right, bet. Hey, there's a tornado on the way, <laughs> go to work. All right, bet. A tornado, dude. Yeah, dude. A tornado. A tornado. A tornado. Or it's like, oh, hey, uh, the aquatic center is going to cause a hurricane in Hereford, go to work. I ain't scared of no naders. All right, bet. So because of that, I know that. Even if it, like, snows. Like, for me not to go to work, it'd have to snow so bad in Friona, they'd have to shut it down. Or yeah. Rancho Cucamonga. Um, they'd have to shut it down, and the sheriffs or the PD wouldn't let me leave town. They'd just be like, listen here, this road's blocked, boy. You can't. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, finish it. 60, shut down, boy. You can't <laughs> take this road to work. You can't be even driving that, that there way, boy. Tell you what. What's going on, Carol? Carl. Carl. What's up, Carl? Carl. Wow. My eyesight's all wonky. It's because your uh, lazy eyes. My lazy uh, eyes are full Back in perpetuity, effect. bro. Yeah, for sure. What's going That's on, Carl? That's a fun word, bro. Huh? Perpetuity? Oh, perpetual, yeah. No, perpetual's fun, but perpetuity is funner. Yeah, no, so I said perpetual. I'm going to punch you in your gooch, bro. Dude. How are you? Yeah, what's up? How what? You asked um, me a question. Oh, yeah. So, basically, basically, I hope it snows so much 
yeah. that they don't let me leave or I don't have to go to work. Just just call in. I can't do that. Why? Because I only have so many, you know, like so much vacation days. Well, just just call in, bro. And because my shop doesn't believe that my heart is a victim of David, <laughs> they don't they don't let me leave. They don't give you any extra days? They don't give me any extra days. Carl, Texas is hot today. It was like 95 degrees today. It was at least, at least, and I'm not even exaggerating, at least 200 outside. I'm going to punch you. No. <laughs> no. We actually had this conversation last, not last night, the other night we were cruising, Kylie and I, and she yeah. was all like, yeah, and um, I forgot what I said I wasn't going to do, and I was like, yeah, you are, and we're watching Hallmark movies. <laughs> I said, no, we're not, bro. Yeah, we are, dude. We're gonna make some hot cocoa bombs. Hey, like as soon Ashley's as you're gonna hook it up. Um, Ashley, as soon as your friend like says, "Hey, we got the cocoa bombs ready," like let us know. Yeah, let us know. I'll go and I'll buy some. We'll get them from you right now. I'll go buy a thousand of them right now. That's... I don't. I don't think you. I don't think you understand how expensive hot cocoa bombs are, bro. Oh, okay, well then I'll buy at least three or four. Yeah, maybe like three, four, five, even. Five, even. Like, wait. No, five isn't an even number. You're like five even. Five, like it's a multiple of ten, though. Oh, okay. That's true. Never mind. But it's an odd number, though. <sighs> huh? It's an odd number. You're, what, but yeah, but it counts as an even number sometimes. Oh, okay. Boom, anytime. Anytime. Well, let it drop anytime. to like, well, let it drop to like 30. Yeah, let it get under 97 degrees and we'll be all about <laughs> it, bro. <laughs> Let it at least be a high of like 37 and as I got soon you. As it's not hotter than the devil's toenails outside. I'll we'll call be. her. I'll have you call her when I read 37 degrees high on my phone. So like next February? Oh, oh God. I'm hoping at least by October, dude, it's already like two o degrees outside. October, brother. October. Dude, I remember that. And I don't. I don't think it was in February. I mean, it was also, but there was a different time where it didn't snow, but I know it dropped to like two or one degrees outside. Yeah. One degree outside. And it was February? No, no, no. Like, I know it did it in February, but there was another time. Oh, last winter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, there was a week where it didn't snow, because I know it snowed in yeah, February. Yeah, but it got super freaking yeah, cold. Yeah, it's like at night, it was like negative one and like zero yeah, and one, and I was like, these are it Wisconsin awesome, numbers, bro. bro. I'm awesome, digging bro. it. It was awesome. I'm digging it. I was sleeping in joggers, bro, in a sweater, and I was like, this is heaven. <laughs> my heart breathing, my soul breathing. I mean, I don't want this past winter either, but I would definitely go for some snow, like actual snow, not like a crazy ice storm that comes and drops snow on top of ice, and then like everybody. I want another Goliath that, you know, causes people not to leave for work. I'm fine with not leaving for work. I just don't want people to, like, die because of power outages. Yeah, see, uh, that's perfect. Outages. You know what? Just as cold, but not icy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. But you know what? You can still drive in snow, so not never mind icy. You can't, drive in, you can't drive in snow that's eight inches deep. Your car can't. Apparently not to my job. They your still want me to show up. Well, if you get outside and you can't get, out of, get your car out, then what are you going to do? Walk to work? Look, I know that right You're now. You're going to walk 26 miles uphill both ways to get to work? I know that right now. Um, that gummy Jeff, you made me lose my train of thought. I don't, I don't care, dude. I didn't make you, I didn't make you lose anything, brother. 
I was I trying to cast demons out of you earlier, but they wouldn't leave. And I had an idea, and I had a thought, and you, you, you wouldn't let me finish it, so now it's gone. You started your thought in the middle of mine. Sorry and it's that, my fault? Sorry that the beginning sorry of the beginning my of story yours. interrupted the, the middle of mine, buddy. Middle of mine. The beginning of yours interrupted the middle of yours? Yeah. <laughs> what was it, though? It's going to bug dude. me now. We were talking about snow and ice. She's as cold as ice. Boom. Willing to sacrifice I live. Do you remember, uh, do you remember, what was it called? North, Northtown? Del- no, 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 that wasn't what it was called. Crap, what was it called, dude? It was like a little uh, a little restaurant over there next to Tractor Supply. Do you remember that place? I do remember it, but I can't remember it what like it Park is. It like Parktown? Something like that. Park, uh, Crapplejacks. Anyway. It's literally right next to Bell's. Yeah. We used to go there all the time and get coffee uh, after staff morning, staff mornings, staff meetings and stuff. But there was a guy that worked there. And they had a piano up in the up in the corner. Yeah. And he was like, uh, he would just get up there and play sometimes when they weren't busy. And this lady was leaving. I guess she was like a, a frequent customer there. Yeah. And he was Regular. like, I wrote. He's like, I wrote this song for you. She's like walking out, and he's like, She's as cold as ice. <laughs> <laughs> she got all mad at him, bro. It was awesome. It was awesome. No, like, look, I'm just ready for a, a cold time. I'm just ready for it to be. Listen, but. To be honest with you. Oh, now I know what I was going to say, but go ahead. To be honest with you, it hasn't really been that hot this year, which has been awesome. Like, this I think is at the, the hottest, beginning it has. Like, well, there was like a week where it was in the triple digits and we haven't hit 100 since then, and that's awesome. Because that last even, summer it was 100 for like the entire month of July. But even still, like it's still hitting 90 at a random. Like literally the week before it was like at 70. Right, I know. 60, and then all of a sudden it's Listen, like bro. you thought, and then it's like 90, here we come. But yeah, my but thing then next is, week it's going to be in the 70s again. Look, I know that the, look, okay, look, I know that right now I'm complaining because it's too hot. Right. And I love the cold and it's That's because true. I'm young. And then when I get older, I know that I'm going to hate the cold and love the, 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 the warmer months, the warmer months. I get it. But right now I'm young. So I'm going to complain about the heat. Amen. Okay. If there's one season, I've said this before in person or and on this podcast, if there was a season that I could ask God to do away with, it'd be summer. Yeah, dude. Like, do away Spring with it. Spring straight to fall, bro. No one needs summer. It's nope. a useless season. It's way too hot. It's a useless season. It's way too hot. People are more sinful in the summer. That's true. That's true. They, they, they're rude. That's, they're also rude in the winter, though, too. They're irritable. Also... In the winter as well. Are you going to back me up or what? No, I'm not going to back you up when you're spitting fallacies and saying they only belong to one, se- yeah, one dude, season. In the se- I'm happy in the winter, bro. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm the happiest can be in the winter, yeah, bro. Yeah, but there's a very small... That's my season, bro. There's a very small subset of humans who it enjoy takes, winter. It takes me Everybody two else is all like, the winter's too cold. <laughs> it takes me about 2.2 <laughs> seconds to go from my car. It's cold, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold. It's cold. Get into the building and be like, I'm warm. I'm good. That's true. And then I'm happy and I'm like, okay, bless God. Bro, you want to know what though? I hate sitting in a hot box. <laughs> I hate after working in a in like a sauna every day going and driving home in another freaking sauna. That is the stupidest thing ever. I'd rather leave the sauna and go into a nice ice box and sit there and be like, you know what? 
This icebox is comfortable. My chapstick isn't completely <laughs> fully destroyed. It's fine. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, I wish it would have been that way in freaking Burkina Faso and when I was there, dude. It rained when I was in Burkina. I mean, it rained when I was there, too, but then it would be like, hey, it rained, and then the next day it'd be 97 with a 65% humidity. I don't know how they do it. It was the worst, bro. I don't know how they do Africa's it. Africa's the worst. <laughs> I'm not going to say that because we probably have a listener from Africa, but Africa's the worst. Well, I don't know. Okay, so speaking of listeners from other countries. Is Belgium uh, at it again? Or is that weird lady at it again? Oh, she's been at it, bro. Oh, okay. Yeah, wh- wherever she's from, Chicago, I think she's crazy. Um, but we did, we had a listener from Riyadh. Uh, Riyadh. Uh, I just lost the country. That is, they have princes, and they are in the Middle East. Oh, you mean heaven? No. What city is Riyadh? Or what what country is Riyadh in? Anyway. Oh, you mean jihad? Uh, it's like the capital city. Of an of a of a Middle Eastern country, and I cannot think Saudi Arabia. Mm. And then we had somebody listen from Guam. Nice. And then Belgium and Chicago and San Antonio. Apparently, we got some listeners in San Antonio. Hey, San, what's Antonio, up, San Antonio. What's up, San Antonio? Uh, shout out Andrew Shields. I saw him today in Hereford. Hey, what's up, Andrew cool. Shields? What's up, Andrew? Shout out. Um, I, I was supposed to be. Uh, Full disclosure, I was supposed to be doing stuff for work, but I stopped to get breakfast while I was out. And I usually usually it takes me like two minutes to go in and out and go back to my, my duties. But then I ran into Andrew and I was there for like 15 minutes. They were probably all mad at me when I got back at work. They were like, it took you 1,400 minutes to do this. Ah! <laughs> 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 I tell you what. And then... Uh, <laughs> Uh, then I got back to the bank and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I saw Andrew Shields today in Hereford. Did he shield you? He did. He shielded me from the fiery darts of the enemy, brother. Well, he's all like, hey. <laughs> and he put his shields up. And then he was like, hey, you know what ah, I saw today? Ah, 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 those are fiery darts. Push it. <laughs> push it push real good. What did you see today? Ah. Oh, sorry. I was going with you. Um, Yo, um, I saw the teaser Trailer for the new Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, dude. It's really good. I saw it yesterday, bro. I think it's really good. I don't know which part, <laughs> but know. thank you for laughing, Tyler. Tyler, thank you for because laughing. Because those comments are like half a minute late. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming it's when we were talking about 1,400 minutes and you went, ah, ah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that always. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Spider-Man treat. Uh, and it comes trailer. out in December, bro. Yeah, bro. Christmas Day. Well, I saw December I mean, it, 12th. Oh, okay. It just said this Christmas on the That's thing. That's what that it I saw. did say, yeah. And then it said December 12th. I was like, so oh, not sick. this Christmas. So not Christmas. Literally three weeks before Christmas. Three weeks before Christmas. Two weeks before Christmas. Dude, I'm wanting... They're going to have all of the Peter Parkers, bro. Dude, like all of them. Yeah, they're going to have Tommy McGuire, Garfield guy. Well... This dude. Uh, they did a little cameo of the Goblin's little pumpkin bomb. Yep. And then Doc, Doc, Doc Ock, Ock is there, bro. Back. So I Hello, was like, Peter. let's go, buddy. I actually uh, saw uh, uh, somebody, I think Andrew sent it, and it was like uh, Jesus after he rises from the dead and, and sees him on the shoreline, and it's just Doc Ock saying, hello, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, that's funny. Hey, what's up, Cece? What are you doing, bro? What's up, Cece? Hey, tell the family I said, what's up? Tell them. 
that I did too at the same time. And we'll see y'all on Christmas, hopefully. Tell them, I don't think it. What? They coming up here? Or you going out? No, they're usually the. They're gonna come up here? here. Oh, okay, sick. Well, I'll see you too. I'm Isaac CC. Oh, sick. Heck yeah. Where's Isaac? Rock. He does his own thing, I guess. I don't okay, know. fine. Whatever. What's up, CC? Anyways, yeah. <laughs> so I'm very excited about this. Uh, wow. What'd you do, bro? Something was itching. It was that, and I came down and I scratched, and I forgot it's still healing. So you it scratched hurt. as hard as you could, brother. A scab, yeah. So I was like, dang. Did uh, you? What? You, how'd you get the scab, though? A uh, welding bead from a wire welder burned through my sleeve and got me. You're supposed to be wearing uh, personal protective equipment when you when you operate those things, brother. I do. Were you wearing eye eye cover eye eye gear eye covers? Mm. Yeah, eye covers. Eye protections. Eye covers. Okay. Speaking <laughs> of covers. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, speaking of covers, that reminded me. All right, go ahead. So you know how on I Thank God, right? Yes. Um, the song, okay. You know Dante Brown's, when he comes in, right? Yeah. He, the word is doubt. Uh-huh. Removes my doubt. Yeah. But. Your dad? He says it like real quick and weird. It sounded like he says he removes my gout. Oh, okay. So I'm like. <laughs> Please, dude. Dante, I didn't know you I've had heard, gout. I've heard gout's a really bad thing to deal with, bro. <laughs> I didn't know you had gout and you needed it removed, but I hope that's someone removes it. Talk about a song where it's like, guys, could y'all have not figured out lyrics that fit into this song a little better for a song that's 197 beats a minute? You put so many words in the verses. <laughs> it's at least, at least 253 beats per minute. <laughs> it's, it's so fast. And they're just like, all right, here we go. <laughs> You can just keep on moving. Remove then, my gout. Yeah, remove my gout. <laughs> get rid of it. Get get rid of my gout. Spirit of gout. Spirit of gout, get out right I now. I command Jesus. you to leave and chase night. If you like Spirit of gout. Spirit of gout. <laughs> I blow the wind of God. <laughs> COVID-19. <laughs> COVID-19. I remember that was the... He set himself up oh so my God, bad, bro. dude. He didn't care. He doesn't. He's never even seen the, the internet, Look, bro. Yes, you know, do away with it, God, in Jesus' name. In but Jesus come name. on. Copeland, don't be giving people Come on, Kenneth ammo. Copeland. Come on, Kenneth Copeland. You're a billionaire, bro. You're a billionaire who lives in Fort Worth. billionaire. You're a billionaire who should be a trillionaire, but you don't know how to... Uh, you know, steward the finances of the Lord, bro. Steward the, I was going to say manipulate the people of God, but yeah, steward the finances yeah, of the Lord. Yeah, that's what I meant. It's the same thing. Now, okay. <laughs> okay, let's go. Okay, so here we go. All right, what? Let's go ahead and dig deep now. Let's Are you go. ready? All right. All right, here we go. Wait, are we bringing up Peter Popoff? Or Kenneth Copeland? Who are we bringing up? Uh, we can bring up all of them. All right, well, let's go. Peter Popoff, uh, Kenneth Copeland, Jesse Duplantis, all these guys that are real big on prosperity. Right, right. Right? Yeah. And if they don't preach it in some way, they do fit it in their, Somehow, their message. Yeah, yeah. Somehow they fit it in. Is it fair to think or say they're doing God's will when we do see prosperity reaching them? Like, because if it wasn't God's will, wouldn't it somehow be put to a stop in some way? Wouldn't by now Kenneth Copeland been figured out as a fraud? Like Jimmy Swaggart or something. Yeah, now, Jimmy I mean, Swaggart's different. Yeah, was he, a different situation. I see him against you, my lord. <laughs> but like his situation was different. But <laughs> tell you what, <laughs> tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Do you think at any point in time, like, do you think they're doing right if God hasn't put a stop to it by now? I don't know. If they're scamming people or they're frauds or whatever, or if they're using uh, yeah, the their Lord's status name to, to manipulate or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't. Because mm. they've been in the business forever. These for, boys yeah, are almost for sure. on the, 100%. <laughs> they're knocking on death's door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenneth Copeland's 113, so... Uh, <laughs> Dude, Jesse Duplantis is like 103. <laughs> so it's like, okay, like, yeah. are you guys... Like, what is it going on? Uh, so, Bill Winston, too, or whatever his name is. Ben Winston? Winston? Where's he from? I think it's Bill Winston. Hold on. Keep going. I don't know who Bill Winston is. I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, I would say... Maybe... Um. Oh, okay. I know that guy. Now, yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about him, but I do know who he is. Um, I think that like there are some things we're just not gonna know the answer to until the we get to eternity, and that's a like a cop out answer. Yeah. However, I still also like I do believe that there are like sometimes you can obviously see this person is blessed by the Lord. Like things are working out for them. Like they shouldn't be, but they are because God is blessing them. And that can be financially or emotionally or all kinds of different ways. Yeah. Um, as far as like Kenneth Copeland and, uh, you know, Jesse Duplantis, people like that are concerned. I don't know enough about Kenneth Copeland to answer that question. Cause all I've ever seen is him cursing COVID-19 and us making fun of him about it. Like I've never watched a Kenneth Copeland message or anything like that. Yeah. Um, Jesse, like back in the day, like I used to watch Jesse all the time and he wasn't always talking about money back in the day. Yeah. Um, Creflo used to only talk about money. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and now he's like talking about grace all the time. And so I don't know, dude, like I do know that the Bible says that the pastors and teachers will be judged more harshly than, than regular Christians when they get to eternity. Um, and we may not ever know, like, I don't know. I do. I do think it's funny. I've got a friend who's on, uh, on uh, Facebook, who's like all he ever shares are, are uh, Calvinist tweets and like what do they call it? Uh, Ref- Reformation tweets and mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And uh, one of the things that he shared was like uh, it was from this certain pastor, and I can't remember his name, but the pastor was like the the purpose of the gospel is not to make you healthy, wealthy, wise, prosperous, blah 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 blah, this and that. Um, uh, it's, it's to make you, it's to form you in the likeness of Jesus. And I, yeah. and I looked him up and his net worth is $4 million. Yeah. And I was like, easy for a millionaire to say that. Yeah. Like it's really easy for somebody to say like, that's not what his goal is for you when you are in fact becoming healthy, wealthy and wise off of preaching the gospel and having this giant ministry and having all this, you know, this bigly like, these giant following of people that want to support you and your ministry and and so into you and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's one thing for Joel Osteen, who is a multi multi millionaire, but all of his money comes off of the books that he, that he writes. And the same thing with TD Jakes. Yeah. yeah. They don't take salaries from their churches. A lot of people do take a salary from a church, but like Joel Osteen doesn't need freaking gateways or not gateway, but he doesn't need uh, Lakewood's Lakewood's money. TD Jakes doesn't need the, the Potter's house money. Like, he can make his own money off of his book deals. Now, he did say there was an interview. I mean, if you want to, you can go and watch it on YouTube. But T.D. Jakes does an interview with the uh, Breakfast Club. And oh, he okay. talks about it. <clears throat> um, it's when he put his book out sore. 
for like entrepreneurs and whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah. And so he put it out, and and they asked him. They're like, "What do you say to people who say that? You know, like, oh, you you know, you get money from the church and things like that. You're yeah, helping yeah. the community." Well, well, that's when he goes. He's all like, um, he's basically explaining like everything that the church makes stays at the church because we have 300 staff members that need to be paid. He's like, I make my money, or um, because he goes, he's like, TD Jakes Enterprises was TD Jakes Enterprises before I even stepped into ministry. Yeah. Uh, um, so that just came with me, and if I ever left ministry, that'd still be mine. Yeah, yeah. So he owns his own. Yeah, like brand he owns his that. own brand and his own company, his own enterprise. So that's where he makes his money. Like Jeff said, the books, you know, the TV stuff, the, speaking the things like that, that kind of speaking stuff, yeah. engagements. That's where he makes his money. TD Jakes does. Um. Well, and also, like, people pretend to know exactly what every church does with their finances, too. Yeah. And, like, there's no telling how much Lakewood has poured into the city of Houston. There's no telling yeah, there's what no the Potter's House and Gateway have poured into the, the Dallas metropolitan area. Like, no, I know that Lakewood took a, and um, keep that thought, but I know that Lakewood, just interject here, I know Lakewood did take a big hit when Harvey right. came. But that was... Um, also, I guess, in a sense, clarified. Yeah, I mean, they had an the agreement with the city like of Houston. Like, <laughs> they had an agreement that they would be a distribution center for, like, emergency medical and food supplies first. And then when all of the other places ran out of room for, for people to stay, then they would open the doors for people to come and stay there. Yeah. But that also doesn't change the fact that Osteen lives in this incredibly giant yeah. mansion and has millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. But, I mean... You know, yes, you're right. Lakewood did, but there's also still like Lakewood has been there forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Joel's daddy started that church. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's just it's just crazy to me that that people are like, well, they've got these giant buildings, they've got all these people that go there, and they do all this different stuff. And what are they doing to the community? What are they doing for the city? What are they doing for this? Like, none of your business. First of all, yeah. Like, there there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind closed doors in inside of ministry that people don't see. They don't see the checks that are being written to the city. They don't see the checks that are being written to the, you know, like Faith City Mission. There's so many churches that pour into Faith City in Amarillo. Yeah. And and like big churches, small churches, all different kinds of, of size churches that help support homeless ministry and food ministry and that kind of yeah. stuff. And most people are like, well, they just see a pastor who has a nice car, who has a home, who drive like all this different stuff. Jet, and and like then, that. well, I'm not even talking about like those guys. I'm talking no. about like regular pastor of FPC Hereford or something like that. Yeah. Or, or like your general Some dude Baptist or a- Methodist church in a normal sized city in the, in, in the community, in the, in the country. Like yeah. they draw 85 or $90,000 salary every year. Yeah. So they can buy things and they can drive stuff. And it's like, you know. Paul says to take care of the people who administer the gospel. Like and, that's something that he says to do in the Bible. But yeah. also there are pastors that have taken advantage of it. There are people that like, what in the world does Kenneth Copeland need that much money for? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, cool that you did that, but what do you need that much money for? Like, yeah, you can't, I mean, like if I, I don't know, obviously I can't say if I was Kenneth Copeland cause I, I don't have those kind of crazy eyes, but if I'm a billionaire dude, yeah. I'm writing million dollar checks every day just to do it. Like you need something to, taken care of here. Here's a million bucks. And city I know he of Hereford. Runs, Here's a million bucks city of Friona. And like, I don't know what he actually, <laughs> like uh, he may, 
uh, like excuse me, like Ashley mentioned here, he does come to Amarillo a lot, so he yeah. may do a lot of speaking engagements. Right. Um, but I know he does have a school. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people go to it, mm-hmm. just like Oral Roberts had his own school. Right. But I doubt that, or like I'm not going to mm-hmm. count. His pockets because I don't I, I never, don't think Oral Roberts went to the grave as a billionaire though no yeah <laughs> and so I was like I'm not gonna count his pockets like that because I don't yeah it doesn't you don't when you hear Oral Roberts you don't put him in that category no the same thing with even like somebody like Rod Parsley you don't put him in that category of of um wildly rich yeah wildly yeah. rich you just like yeah their church is big but it's like okay cool and yeah. it's like like I guess it's mostly these televangelists, but it's just like I don't know. And Rod Parsley counts as one of those. Yeah, I mean he's filthy rich too. I mean, that, but there's no way that you can have that kind of a platform and not have access to those kind of funds. Like it's just not possible. I don't yeah. know. I don't know how you would do that. Like so have, that's where that's where have like, a global reach where millions and millions of people watch your product, like your yeah. your stuff, and then also be like, oh, but I only take twenty five thousand dollar a year salary. I don't think so. Like. There's no, people would not allow you to do that. Yeah. And like so that's would. where, that's where my thing comes back into the question. And that's, that started this whole thing. Oh, do they, you know, like, like, I know it's a God thing for them to be prosperous, but is mm-hmm. it like for them to be sustained so long? Don't you think God would have done something by now? Well, I mean, or like some kind of fraud would have been committed at some point in time in those lives to where it'll come back and bite them. Maybe, maybe, but you can look at somebody like Ravi Zacharias. Yeah. Like he had an enormous ministry. He had an enormous footprint an enormous impact on the world. And the dude was a sexual predator. And yeah. like after he died is when it all came out. Like his, his ministry, like his legacy is tarnished forever because of that. And so some of this stuff may not be found out until after these men actually pass away and we'll see, you know, what actually was going on with a lot of it. But like that Ravi, Zach- Ravi Zacharias stuff, like it hit me like a ton of bricks, man. Cause I was like, that dude was one of the greatest apologetic people. Like he could argue the, the greatness of God and the, the evidence for God with anybody and get anybody to understand where he's coming from. And then like to turn around and like at the end of his life, it comes out that he's been, you know, sexually assaulting and sexually harassing these women forever. <laughs> It's like, well, crap, dude. There's another person that like we all thought was incredible. We we thought he was just this wonderful gift from from heaven and all these different things and and it turns out, man, he he sucked too. No, I'm not. Yeah. Which I I'd never heard of anything like that. Yeah. Um about him and honestly I didn't even know who he was until it started coming out that he had passed away. Yeah. When he did. Um my thing more or less is like, like in a sense, I guess these, um, these millennial pastors mm-hmm. are oh, the yeah, ones yeah. that are really under this, you yeah, know, the, the microscope, microscope now yeah. and they really have to be watched out and be careful. Yeah. Like who you yeah. listen to just because the story, Carl Lentz, Carl Lentz, man. It's just like, yo, like you were... I never trusted that dude from the beginning. The first time that I, I saw him, I was like, that dude looks way too good, bro. Yeah. Furtick's almost there. Yeah. <laughs> just off of physical attractiveness. Furtick yeah. is almost there, but Carl Lentz was way too pretty to be like 
running around and, and having that kind of a ministry and like just chilling with Justin Bieber and all this different stuff. Yeah. I was like, I don't trust Carl Lentz very much, but, uh, um, but yeah, like Judah Smith and, um, now Judah Smith, I think Judah Smith has kind of gone a little, Oh, he's, he's woke, bro. Yeah. Not a hundred percent, but he's definitely like, he's very, he, he ties politics into his messages quite a bit. And no, that's why he's out there. Now. That's why I don't listen to him very much anymore. Uh, he's out there now. Yeah. Like I think in his way of thinking yeah. and his way of preaching, he's out there to the point that makes it like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Um, some of the best messages I ever heard was like three or four years ago from him though. Like absolutely wrecked me when I was listening to him, but his sermons got me through Judas Smith's sermons got me through Africa. Did they? There's one about Joshua. I mean, I say that, but if you ask me what it was about, I can't remember it, Yeah, <laughs> but I know that, but I know that listening to it, like I got so encouraged and I was sitting there crying because it was just like, it's not over. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Like I know um, his his sermons carried me, and like listening to him now, I'm just kind of like literally the only people I listen to now, and it's been a while, but the only people that I will sit down and listen to, um, their full sermon are Bill Johnson and um, T.D. Jakes. Those are the only two people that I can sit down and honestly listen to, and be like, okay, yeah, what's up? I definitely will listen to Bill, uh, Bill Johnson, and uh, Chris Valentin. Um but if you're not used to Chris Valentin, it can get it, it it can be difficult to sit and listen to him. Um, and I would listen to Eric whenever Eric was still there. But that dude was always so like way out in the cosmos and his thinking and how he was like trying to preach. He would always try and like hit people in their brains as hard as he possibly could. And it was like, bro, you got to bring some scripture in here, dude, right mm-hmm. now, because he would and just th- talk out of ideas. And that's and the so- other thing too. You got to watch out because I know Michael talks like that. He's real big on. Um- yeah, he's a good speaker and he's a good communicator, and he's another one that God's blessed and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But, but he doesn't use enough scripture for me. Yeah. And that's my thing. Like, I yeah. need people who use scriptures. Like Robert Madu's one. Yeah, I love Robert scripture. Madu, he backs it up with scripture. I uh, like I like Rich, Rich Wilkerson, Wilkerson too, man. Because yeah, Rich Wilkerson is like yeah, because his daddy is Trinity in Miami. But Rich Wilkerson Jr. like that dude. For as ridiculous as he can be when he's preaching and like you know says catchphrases and tries to get a pop out of the crowd all the time. The dude uses scripture when he preaches like all he, like his whole entire message is based out of this passage and he goes verse by verse by verse to preach you through the the topic that he's talking on. And so like, yeah, he can be annoying. He's also a really pretty boy pastor too, Uh but uh, he dresses like a homeless man most of the time. And so that's why I think that, that he's not like in Carl Lentz level, but anyway, um, no, like, like, yeah, if you're if you're if you're gonna listen to somebody and you're taking your spiritual advice or you're taking like your spiritual food or whatever you want to call it from somebody, make sure that whoever is preaching to you or you're taking the information from is backing up everything they say by scripture. Like that's my advice to anybody that's listening to my voice tonight. If you're going to church somewhere and that that pastor is like constantly just, you know, speaking out of um, ideas and like high and lofty positions of elevated thinking and that kind of stuff and never like brings it back down and bolts it in with scripture, then you're probably in a dangerous place. Like you definitely, definitely need, uh, to have the whole message backed up by scripture. So, which is one thing I'm glad about, like, 
Messiah's house, Pastor Jason, like he does not just preach out of like, oh, here's the thought I had today. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Like he, he bases it like we're going through literal full Psalms. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the way to the end. All the way, the whole thing, the whole entire one. He reads the whole thing. There's still one more, right? Or he's done? Uh, no, there's two more, I think. Two more? Yeah, because it's a six-week series. So he's done four now, I think, right? Yeah. <clears throat> this one. Okay, so when I saw the title when I was sharing Facebook. Jesus, Jesus Judas, Judas and yeah. Justice. I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm interested. You yeah. got me now. Well, I you saw got, it too and I was you like. intrigued me. I was like, is that seriously the name for this? I thought we were in the, the Mictums of, of David yeah. series still. I was and, like, you uh, piqued my interest, sir. Yeah. It was good. It was a good message. I thought it was, yeah. He talked about how we can be mad and angry again. So <laughs> So with all that being said, I hate Jeff. Yeah, again. Again. No, but it honestly like it it tied into the whole last, I don't know, two and a half years of my life or so. Oh like, yeah. Because he's talking about being betrayed and how you behave when you encounter betrayal and injustice and that kind of stuff. And I was like, I mean, I haven't been betrayed in it. Like nobody's ever like been like talking to me about something and turn their back on me and stab me in the back or something like that. But yeah. I feel like f- certain relationships have come to an end. Certain friendships have come to an end and it feels like betrayal. Like yeah. it feels like somebody's just, you know, turned their whole entire back against me or turned their entire lives against me. And it's like, well, that sucks. Like, um, what am I supposed to do now? Yeah. And, and he was like, that, that was a really good message. And I thought it was a good one. Just seeing injustices and all that kind of stuff. You know, it was cool how he tied it back to Jesus though, too. Yeah. Like, how's he going to bring this back? Was it Psalm 58 this week? Was that what it was? Was it 58 or 68? 58. 58. 57. 58. Anyway. I thought it was. Yeah, it was 58. 58. Um, but yeah. Uh, Talking about Jesus holding the lamb with the broken leg, but also on the other side, like turning over tables Ooh, with and, whips and, and whatnot. Whips. Yeah, I was like, yeah, basically, I was like, every church should have two of those paintings. Heck yeah, dude! One of uh, one of each. Yeah, because Jesus wasn't just a meek, mild, uh, well, the dude, weak man. The dude, the dude wrecked shop when he had to, buddy. Yep. He weren't scared to. Now, Carl has a question for us. What do we think about uh, kid preachers? What do I think about kids preaching? Um. I've honestly never heard of a kid preach preaching in my experience. I've only seen it done as a circus on Facebook. So Yeah, I mean I don't know. If it's like that, I'd say no. I mean I think that if if, if the kid is teaching like I don't know. If he's teaching in Sunday school class or something like that, it's fine. Whatever. Like if they're allowed to come up on the platform during big church and they got the 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 intestinal fortitude to do it, then I say, you know, let them, let them talk or whatever. But I don't know that, the, that a kid, like a child would have the mental acumen necessary to actually deliver a message message. Um, Especially now. Cause honestly, look, I mean, uh, let's just be realistic. Adults are, um, how do I put this nicely? I don't know. How do you? Adults are jerks and judgmental. 100%. And so, like, I think now, and like I say that, and if you're listening to this, if you're offended, you know, you're probably the reason why. <laughs> um, because honestly, if, look. If you got offended by what he just said, it's probably because you are a jerk and yeah, judgmental. Yeah, because <laughs> you are a jerk and judgmental. And let's just be realistic here. I mean, if we go back in time, would you uh, would you be okay with an eight-year-old president? 
No way, dude. But Josiah was made king at eight. But Josiah was made king at eight, and he wrecked shop. Yeah. He at at, at 16, sixteen he yeah. wrecked shop, made things happen, turned things around for the people of Israel. Would you be willing to have somebody like that? Would you be willing to be under a leadership of a sixteen-year-old? You as an adult sitting now where you're at, thinking now where you're at, would you be willing to allow a 16-year-old to be your commander-in-chief? No. Because I know this generation, bro, and there's not any 16-year-olds who are mature enough for that. And that's the thing. But here's the deal. that Josiah, The story of Josiah is so beautiful, but it's also so tragic, man. Like, it breaks my heart because... He goes through all the work of, of setting the people of Israel back to, like, setting their faces back to God and, like, re- reinstalling and reinstituting the, t- the law and rebuilding the temple and doing all these different things. And, like, at the end of it all, God is still like, you're too late, buddy. Like, destruction is still coming to this, to this nation yeah. uh, because of what your father, your grandfather and your great grandfather would not do. Like you've done what they were supposed to do, but the, it's too late. Like it's still going to fall. I'm going to like, I'm going to make it to where you don't see that happen. So I'm going to take you home before that comes, but it's coming at some point. Like there's, you just, you can't undo everything that your, your uh, ancestors did wrong. Yeah. And so I'm like, man, Josiah was crazy. Like the story of Josiah is crazy. And it's like, still there's like a point you can get to where you can't undo everything. Yeah. Like God's like, yeah, great. You did awesome. And, and I forgive you for all the things you've done. Like I'm not sitting here saying that God's like holding like wrath and just going to dump it all over us or whatever, yeah. because of the things that we've done in our past. But like there are certain things from my past that are still having repercussions today. Yeah. Like certain things that I wouldn't do when I was in high school are, are still a problem today. Like, and it's because of the fact that like when I had the opportunity to really control things in, in that situation or whatever, yeah. I wouldn't do it. It wouldn't take the initiative to, to, to study more. I wouldn't take the initiative to get up early and, and read and pray and that kind of thing. I wouldn't get up yeah. early and, and do what I needed to do. I wouldn't exercise. And so now I'm like 34 and I'm like, dude, exercise sounds like the worst thing in the world, but it's something like the number one thing I probably need to do. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. Well, that's the thing, like bringing it back to, to the whole, um, bringing it back to the whole thing is just like, Back then, put yourself in in the adults back then, yeah, in their shoes. They're probably thinking the same thing we would. Probably, like I ain't gonna take no orders from no eight year old, and and yeah. like even Daniel, put yourself in Daniel's shoes. He was mm-hmm. he was a teenager. Yeah, when and he was he, taking to Babylon. And yeah, he was taken to Babylon. He was a teenager, but he was also but he also stepped into that role of being the leader, not eating the king's meat and yeah. doing his own thing, being in charge and doing all that. Could we submit ourselves? to a child and hear him preach or hear him do whatever subconscious well, because I know how adults are today. No. Yeah. Well, I don't no. know how I am. Like Ashley says that she's th- like, I-, I think that's good. Kids can give words of encouragement, but actually preaching. I don't think that that's a good idea. Like they may be able to, yeah, but I don't know that it's a good idea to put an eight-year-old on the platform. And, and then like, you hey, can you've even, got to study and you've got to learn this and you've got to make all these points and you got to tie it all back. And, blah, and then blah, you blah, can blah. even go back too because I mean, like, 
like our model is Jesus, right? Who is our yeah, model? Yeah. Our model is Jesus. Jesus. At 12 year old, at, at 12 years of age, he was preaching. Yeah, nobody yeah. was listening to him, but he was preaching. No, Could they were you, listening to him. He was standing in the temple and the, the rulers of the synagogues were like, this dude is crazy smart for 12 years old. But then his parents came and were like, what are you doing? And he was like, all right, never mind. <laughs> there you go, an adult. So he sub- Well, that's the thing is he knew who he was at 12, but he submitted himself for another 18 years. But that's the thing, though. Yeah, yeah. Could we trust a 12-year-old to come up to you and say, hey, like, I know who I am. Let me, you know, let me do me. That's no. basically what Jesus was saying. Nope. I wouldn't be able to. But that's just because uh, I live in this dirt flesh, brother. And Dude. with that also being said is that if Jesus can pull it off, then your 12-year-old can basically pull it off. But... <laughs> I don't know. If he's in tune with the spirit of the Lord. Man. If he's in tune with the spirit of the Bro, Lord. Bro, speaking of this dirt suit, you know who's the craziest person in the world to talk to right now? Who? Drew Wilburn. Why? That dude. Is out there or what? Is so much different than he was before he left. I bet. Give me Because he was in town. Uh, he's in town this week, but I went and hung out at their house on Sunday night. Yeah. And like, he's talking a thousand miles a minute. About he's like Drew Wilburn died in, in Jordan and this and this and this and blah 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 and I'm walking around and I'm in this blood bought dirt suit but that's not who I am who I am is like Jesus walking through me and like the Spirit of the Lord is doing this and this and this and this and blah 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 and I'm like bro breathe for a second dog <laughs> <laughs> take a chill pill. like take a breath breathe. take a breath and breathe for a minute man but like he is like so in love with life right now yeah he go he was like dude I died in Jordan. He was like, he didn't literally die, but he was like, Andrew Keith Wilburn died in Jordan and I came back a new creation. Like I'm a brand new person. I love life. Like every day is an adventure. Every day is a chance for me to share the gospel. It's an, it's a chance for people to see Jesus in me, this and this and this and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, all right, cool, dude. I need to go catch MS in Jordan or something. Dude. <laughs> 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 this infectious he like, diseases. He was like, apparently he, they had a new interpreter or something that was going out on a mission with him. They were supposed to go out on a recon mission the day that he like passed out. But he, and he was like at the computer entering in this new interpreter's information and then just black. And then he woke up in a hospital (laughs) and they were like, what's going on? And they're, they're trying to get him to the fifth floor of whatever hospital it was. Cause that was like the English speaking hospital in, uh, I don't remember what country it was, but then he blacks out again and he wakes up in a hospital bed. And so it's like, (laughs) then they're running all these tests and it comes out, you know, multiple sclerosis and all that. But then he comes stateside and he's probably going to be down there until at least the beginning of next year. Hmm. But he's like, dude, I don't know, man. I'm just using every opportunity I can just to tell people about Jesus. (laughs) It's like, all right, Drew. And so where is he at now? San Antonio. I mean, right now he's probably in Amarillo, but. He is sta- he's staying in the barracks in San Antonio. For, like, just so that way they can keep an eye on him? That's just because he's, his discharge papers aren't until December. And so he has to stay there until December. Mm. What's my favorite story in the Bible and why? Andale. The story of the prodigal son, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Because it is the gospel. <laughs> like it is. If you want to know the father's heart, read Luke chapter 15. It's, I mean, but my favorite part of the whole chapter is the very end is the, pro, the, the parable of the prodigal son. 
And it's Jesus talking to a group of religious leaders and talking to a group of sinners and tax collectors and basically trying to tell them how the kingdom of God operates and how the heart of the father operates and trying to tell people that once you are a part of the family, there's no, there's nothing you can do that makes you lose your sonship because, you know, this boy, he's, he's young. He's probably, I don't know how old he is. He's the younger of the two brothers that this, this father has. And he tells his father that he wants his inheritance, which basically means, Hey dad, you're not dying fast enough. Why are you still here? I want my money. And so his father splits the money up and this boy goes off and, um, he spends all of his money on all kinds of debauchery and, and things of that nature, you know, uh, his, his brother tells his father later that he's been spending his money on prostitutes, on harlots. And so, uh, and the boy eventually runs out of money. He hires himself out to a pig farmer and he, uh, he, uh, comes back, he comes to his senses and he's like, you know what? I, I'm an idiot. Like I'm out here starving in the middle of a pig field wishing that I could eat what the pigs are eating, but nobody will give me any food. But my, my father's servants, the slaves back at home have more than enough to eat. And I'm, I'm here dying in the middle of this field. And, uh, it says when he comes to himself, he goes back home and he devises this, you know, this story and it's this speech in his head of father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And when he gets home, my favorite, I think my favorite part of the story is when he gets home and he, he starts telling his dad, you know, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired servants. But he doesn't get the make me one of your hired servants out of his mouth because his father won't let him talk anymore. He turns to the servants and he tells the servants, hey, get him the best robe. Get him a ring for his feet. Get him sandals for a uh, ring for his feet. Get him a ring for his finger, sandals for a feet. And let's kill the fattened calf because we're going to have a party. My and son's and, back. and uh, in that moment, my boy's home. Yeah, he's like, my boy, my boy done. He was dead. Now he's lab. A lab. <laughs> and so in that moment, he's basically using the servants to teach the son that he would never be a servant. He will always, he never lost his sonship. He never lost his identity as a son. When he left, he lost perspective of it. He lost sight of it, but he didn't lose his actual standing with the father. And so. And that's uh, what I love. Yeah. Like he, he messed up. He squandered his entire like all the money that his daddy gave him, he, you know, wasted it all. But when he came home, his daddy reinstalled him, gave him a credit card, basically put sandals on his feet to make sure that he would not be considered a slave. And then they killed the fattened calf. Now, and most so, people hear this story because that's, I mean, honestly, I don't mean to be this way. That one is, is one of my favorites. Yeah. Because, and well, uh, but most people hear that yeah. and they take it as, oh, so we can sin and do anything we want. Oh, no, yeah. that's not it at all. That's not what we're saying here. No. That's not what the Bible is saying. What we're saying is you've messed up. You've done things that you shouldn't have. Wanting to do your own thing, knowing that at the end of the day, the father's waiting for you. Yeah. Knowing that your dad, the DNA that's inside of you right now, the blood of Jesus, if you've accepted him, as your Lord and Savior, that DNA is inside you right now, and he's waiting for you to come back home to yeah. realize that, hey, I can't do this on my own. I know I can't do this on my own. I right. know I shouldn't be eating what the pigs are eating. I should probably turn back and go home. Yeah. 
and the father's waiting on you and throwing the biggest party in the world <laughs> to throwing the biggest party in the world because you're back home. You've never lost he's never lost sight of you being his son, so why should you lose sight of him being your dad? Right. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing that uh I think I realized it last year sometime. It was like Cause I was like, Oh, he changed his mind about what he'd done. Like he just got so fed up with what was going on and he was sick of what he was doing. So he wanted to change and go back home. It wasn't even in, he didn't even want to change what he was doing. He just wanted to change of scenery. He wanted to change of, of, of outcomes. He wanted to just go back home and, and, you know, have something easier than he was walking through. It was when he remembered who his father was. Yeah. He remembered the character of his dad. Yeah. He remembered that his father treats his servants well. He remembered that he that his father treats his servants so well that like they don't ever lack anything. They don't ever, you know, they're never in want for anything. Yeah. Why am I going to stay out here in a pig pen when I've got a father at home who who loves incredibly well, who gives incredibly well and like he remembered who his dad was and that's why he went home. It wasn't because he ran it like it was because he ran out of money. It was because he was poor and broke and destitute and working for a pig farmer and, and slopping pig, pig slop and all that stuff. Uh, but in light of all of that, he still could have been like, no, I'm, I'm going to die here in my pride. But he remembers most of us do. Yeah, most of us do. We don't ever like most we get, all of us do. Yeah, we get stuck in this like broken spot and Well, this, I'm here because of him. He yeah, didn't do yeah, this yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, yo, no, you did that to yourself. If there's yeah. a sign that says don't touch the electric fence, but you touch the electric fence, it's the company's fault yeah, because yeah. they have an electric fence. No, it's your yeah, fault no. for touching it, dummy. <laughs> the sign says don't touch it. Yeah. If you are sitting here in your mess and you're wondering why, uh, um, and you're sitting here and have the audacity to blame God for the stuff that's going on, look at yourself first. Yeah. Look at yourself first. Look at the pattern. Look at what's going on. Look at yourself internally and being like, okay, well, maybe I could have done this differently. Yeah. And maybe I wouldn't be in this situation. Maybe if I did pay the ticket on time, I wouldn't be sitting in this jail cell right now. Yeah. Or maybe if if uh, um, if I would have been smarter with my money, I wouldn't be starving for food right now. Or 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 maybe if I would have done... If you just go back and look at the steps that you've taken, you'll realize at the end of the day, it's your fault. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. It's your fault. It's literally your fault unless it's a genuine like Judas issue. You got betrayed or something happened. Unless it's something genuine like that, it's your fault. Yeah, well, and there's there's it's a stupid cliche saying, but it's like you can't control what happens to you, but you can hap- you can control what happens in you. Like mm-hmm. I can't control that this person did something to me, but I can control how I react to what they did. And, and a lot of us will go out and like I've had a hell of a year, y'all. Like I lost my mom in in, in February, and uh, my girlfriend broke up with me very re- very shortly after that. And and I could take all of that, like, um, all the stuff going on at home, all the stuff going on in my personal life, all the stuff going on, you know, at work, and all this different stuff. And I could, you know, 
go to some vice and start drinking or start doing drugs or start doing whatever, sleeping around, being promiscuous, all these different things. I could go and, and I could justify all of it and just be like, well, this happened. And so now I'm coping with it this way. Um, but I also know that there's no life at the end of all that. You know, there's no life going and, and allowing the circumstances that are going on around me to control what's, what's going on inside of me. Like, that's how people get stuck in these vicious cycles, man. They allow what has happened to them to define who they are instead of, of, you know, sometimes just crappy stuff happens in our lives, man. And it, it's just really, really, really difficult to deal with the things that are going on. It sucks. It and sucks there's to no, say this. And there's no answer for it. Yeah. But you got to freaking go. You got to put one foot in front of the other. You got to keep going. Like Joe Dirt. What am I going to do? Stop? No, you got to keep going. Life's a garden. Dig it. Dig like it. you have to keep going. There's no, like, uh, so there's a poem that, um, uh, this is the, the whole, when you, when you doubt me, doubt your doubts. Yeah. It's like, he's like, where, where am I going to go? He's like, I can't go back. There's no life for me there. Like there is no place for the living among the dead. Like we can't go back. We have to keep going forward. Yeah. And sometimes it hurts to keep going forward. Sometimes it freaking sucks to keep going forward. But you have to. You have to. TD Jakes used it as an illustration one time. He goes, he's like, I can sit there and work out for an hour, come home, and there's and there's a sliver of pie right there on the counter. Mm-hmm. Am I really gonna go and kill what I've just burned off? Am I really going to kill 30 seconds? In 30 seconds, am I really going to ruin what I worked off for an hour? Is it really worth it? Yes. And so it's just <laughs> kind of like, you know, you you really got to get to a point where you got to be tired. Yeah. You got to be tired of being sick and tired. Yeah. You got to want something different. Yeah. And if you don't, and if you stay in the same place, it's because you're used to it. It's your comfort level. That's where you want to be. And that's fine. I mean... It's not fine, but it's fine because yeah, I mean, that's, there's really that. nothing else you can do. Yeah. There's really nothing else. Like, I mean, we can sit here and pray for you if you need it. Yeah. Uh, I'm all that good junk. Uh, not junk, but like all that good stuff. But yeah, <laughs> but like to get, um, to get to a point, to get to a point where, where you have to say to yourself, nah, you know what? I am going back home. Yeah. Like I am going back home yeah. because I know there's nothing out here for me. I know there's nothing out here for me. And it's like, I mean, yeah, you're going to slip up. No, I mean, I hate this saying, but yes, nobody's perfect. You're going right. to slip up. Yeah, but, 100%. But I mean, God knew you were going to mess up before you did anyways. That's right. Just pick yourself back up and keep going. That's right. Uh, Pastor Wayne always says your identity doesn't, uh, your behavior doesn't determine your identity where you come from does. Yeah. And so birth, not behavior. And so it's just like I can sit here and lie to Jeff all day and all and all day long. Uh, he may call me a liar, but to my mama and daddy, I'm still Israel. That's true. You know, you may lie and cheat and do whatever and get drunk every night to take the pain away, do the drugs, whatever you want to do, whatever sin is yours or even uh, I mean, like, really, the sin comes when you begin to let those things be put in idol before yeah. God. Yeah. And mine was the gym. You know, uh, let's say you go to the gym and that becomes your idol. Right. And I'm not picking on Dalton. It's just that I, I remember <laughs> for me, that was my idol. 
like instead of going to God, I'd go to the gym. If I was pissed, I'd go and I'd start doing my thing. Yeah. And it's just like, but, but it's just like to the person I did wrong or to the things I did wrong, they may see me as that. They may see me as a liar, as a drunkard, as a drug addict, whatever. But to my mom and dad, I'm always going to be Israel. And that's the same way with God. Right. Like you may mess up and, and you may do the things that you do, whether knowingly or unknowingly mess up. But at the end of the day, God is still going to call you by name. Yeah. And you're still going to be his. Yeah. Because nothing changes that. Right. Well, and that's, that's on uh, another reason why I love the story of the prodigal son is because the older brother too, at the end is like, he's like, dude, I've never, I've never wronged you. I've never gone against what you've had to say. You've, you've said for me to do, I've been a perfect child for you. Like I've never overstepped the bounds. I've never done anything wrong. And you've never even given me a young goat so that I can party with my friends. And, and you're this son of yours who comes from spending your money on harlots comes home and you kill a fattened calf for him. And, and his dad's like, son, you've always been here. Everything I have is yours. Yep. I put you in charge whenever he left. You ain't got to ask. Just like, go you kill it. You don't have to ask. Just go kill it. Just the only reason it. the fatted calf is here is because you didn't kill it yesterday. The only reason the fatted calf is here right now because you didn't get ready to kill it this morning. It belonged to you anyway. Like, you didn't have to ask. There's so many, like, I feel like there's so many Christians that, that, that still have this mentality with their, with their heavenly father because their earthly fathers was like, you couldn't just go and, and grab something out of the fridge. Your earth dad is not your heavenly no. dad. Sorry. Yeah, hate to break it to you. Your heavenly dad is way better than your earth 100%. dad. hundred percent. But we have this understanding of like, well, I can't go to the cupboard and grab what I want to get because my dad won't let me. Or I, I, I've got to ask before I can go get that snack. I got to ask before I can go do this. I got to go ask before I can go do that, whatever like that. When you're a grown man and you come home to your parents' house, you don't ask for nothing. You just go and raid the fridge. I literally walk in and just get whatever I want. Yeah, you don't. And my you mom's don't. all like, my mom actually helps me. She's all like, yeah. well, if you want me to make you this, let me know. Yeah. It's like, when I would come home from college, there was no like, hey, can I grab something out of the fridge? No, it's like, I'm going to go, y'all are going to need another gallon of milk after this because I'm about to eat this whole box of cereal. Like, y'all are going to need another loaf of bread because me and the boys are going to eat some sandwiches right quick. So, and it's like, okay, cool. Like, that's, once we understand who we are, we don't have to go and ask, like, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I have this? Can I have that? It's like, it already belongs to you because of who you are to me. Now, if somebody else comes into the house, like a friend of yours that you invite over, and I don't know that person, mm, nah, you, you can't just go all in all willy-nilly and grab, you know, however many Cokes out of the fridge. Like, now, I've said this before. I've used this as an example. I mean, I can walk up to my parents' house and, and lay in their bed. And hug up on my mom and dad, and they ain't going to tell me nothing. Yeah. They ain't going to do nothing. But Jeff can't do that. My dad will start swinging on him. He will. That's the same luxury that you have as a child of God. It only took one time for me to learn my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> That's the luxury that you have as a son of God, yeah. as, a, as a daughter of God. You don't have to ask. It's yours. Yeah. You don't have to ask. It's yours. You don't have to ask for the blessings. They're yours. Yeah. You don't have to ask for the fatted cap, whatever that may be. You, you know, you don't. I guess this falls under, you don't have to ask for the financial miracle. It's yours. Believe that you've received it and you'll have it. Yeah. You don't, I mean, and the, the fact that like Jesus is telling the story to two separate groups of people and he's, 
The prodigal son is these sinners and tax collectors who are a part of the kingdom of Israel. They're a part of the family of Israel. They're a part of the, the lineage, but they have walked away from it culturally. They're still a part of it, but religiously they've walked away from it. They don't go to synagogue. They don't go and do anything. And they have walked out of their father's house as it, as it were. And he's saying, you can come home. He's telling them, basically, the older brother, the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees, they don't get to determine whether you come home or not. The older brother's not in charge of the father's house. Like, he may, he may have run of what the father's business is, but he doesn't control who, com- who comes in and out of the door of the father's house. The father controls that. And he's telling these people, like, you may have walked away. You may be doing stupid things. You may be a prostitute. You may be a drug addict. You may be a tax collector. You may be doing all these different things. There is always room at the father's house. You can always come home. And that's another thing, too. Like, sometimes, you know, you may be going through a gomer season right now in the sense of you're the prostitute going out doing whatever. And the father, Hosea, is redeeming you. Yeah. Uh, that's another freaking awesome story. If you go read the book of Hosea, yeah, dude. it's just like, it's another redeeming story. It's a story of being, it's a story of redemption, a story of God seeing you and still, and, and, and still choosing you. That's the thing, choosing you. You wouldn't even choose you, but God chose you. Yep. And like, and that's, that's the beauty of the gospel. Hosea was a prophet of God, a man who was, was, was doing God's thing on earth. God tells him, Hey, go redeem this prostitute. Go marry Gomer, bro. Yeah. So he's like, all right, bet. <laughs> Listens to God and goes and marry this prostitute. Has kids with her. Stuff goes down. Gomer goes back to the prostitution. Hosea thinks it's all over with. I was like, all right, fine. I tried. You know, she's back doing her thing. What she's comfortable doing, what you're comfortable doing, what what I'm comfortable doing, what Jeff's comfortable doing. We go back to what we're comfortable doing. And God's all like, okay, now go redeem her again. Yeah. So he goes and he finds her and he redeems her again. Makes her his own. Same redemption story. Yeah, I man. love that story. It's just, it's just like, no matter what you do, no matter the, like, um, metaphorically speaking, who you sleep around with, what you choose to 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 become one with, God still chooses you and makes you his own, makes it, you his bride. Yeah. So basically, whether you're a man or a woman, you're a wife. That's right. Sucks. I'm a wife. <laughs> what do you want me to say? That's true. I'm a wife. But the thing, like, the thing is, though, it's like... uh like Israel said earlier, a lot of people see it as like, oh, well, cool. I got grace. I got a license to sin. I get to go out and do whatever. If that's your understanding of what grace is after you hear about grace, you need to go listen to you grace need to some go more and pray freaking and get, get figure delivered. it out because what, what grace really makes you, like grace is the power not to sin because I know who I am now. Like I know that I don't have to bow to those things anymore. I know that my identity has been changed. I know that my mindset can be changed. I know that my whole life has been exchanged by the father. I don't have relief. Yeah. I don't have to live that way anymore. Sweet dude. I'm not going to. If you know confidently that that fence isn't electric, you're going to climb that fence and jump over. Yeah. And so it's like, Anybody who's like, well, you preach grace, you're telling people I can do whatever they want to. They were doing whatever they wanted to before. Yep. Like, grace is the ticket out of it. Grace, grace it empowers you to be more obedient. The, yeah, it, 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 it empowers you to walk more like Jesus. It doesn't uh, empower you to go and live under bondage and live under sin more. Because it doesn't, it doesn't like, you know, like if you mess up, like Jeff said, if you mess up, it doesn't put that thing on you, that 
that yeah, burden judgment. or worry or judgment, or whatever, of like, oh man, I messed up, dang it, you know, like I was doing so good. It's just like, all right, you messed up, let's go. Yeah, he's like, all right, come on, dust yourself off. Like, let's yes, go. if you eat that sliver of pie, yeah, you just ruined a whole hour of workout in thirty seconds. But the good thing is, tomorrow is a new day, and you get to do it all over again. Tomorrow's not, a new day. You can go back to the gym. Not eat the pie, but go back to the gym again. Yeah. So it's just like it. It's what you choose. And in the middle of all that, even in your sin, and even while you're sinning now, God still chooses you. Yeah. Hate to break it to you. <laughs> to the people who don't believe that or... Checkmate atheists. Yeah. It's like, sorry, man. You know, Jordan uh, Malugin said something Sunday morning that uh, um, I've been I've been thinking about all week. He was like, I, I, I'm to the point in my life now where um, whatever prayers God does or does not answer does not determine my level of faith. Yeah. He was like, I believe God is good no matter what. I believe that God is good and all he does is good no matter what. Like, I can't go back to a mindset of, like, I prayed for this and it didn't happen, so now I'm mad at God. Yeah. It's like, if I prayed for it and it didn't happen, then probably God has a better plan for my life. Yeah. If I prayed for something and it didn't happen, then God probably was protecting me from something. It, no no matter how much that hurts for me to think of uh, over, over, you know, lost relationships and my mom passing away and my brother dying five years, six years ago, like, there's no, there's no way for me to put in context, like how small I am in the, in the context of the bigger picture of everything. Like I don't understand what's happening, but God is in, in, in the inner workings of it behind the scenes and like tying things together and making things work that, that I've never paid attention to. And it's like, okay, cool, man. Like this hurts really bad right now, God. And he's like, I know it does, man. I know it does, but it would hurt even worse if I allowed it to happen the way you want it to. Yeah. You have no idea the pain that I'm saving you from. And if you want to put matters into your own hands, go read Abraham's story and see what happens. Bro, it's not go good. Go read. Go read. We're still Abraham's we're still story. dealing with that right now. Go read <laughs> Abraham's story and see what happens when you put matters into your own hands yeah, man. and you try to rush God's will. It doesn't turn out pretty. It does you not. end up marrying your sister. That's Ah. Uh, uh, I mean, he am said Am I lying or am I not? He said, I don't know. You're going to have to go read it. <laughs> That's a teaser, Jeff. That's a teaser. Because I know the answer. I do, too. Okay, just kind of not to manipulate the Bible. I understand people are going to be like, oh, snap, his sister. No, 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 no. No, he said she was his sister. He, she, he said she was his sister, though he wasn't. He was trying to Twice. get... Twice! Yeah. Twice, dude. Abraham sucked, bro. Yeah. But, like... <laughs> he was the father of many nations, apparently. <laughs> That's the thing. is like, the people in the Bible... Everybody's like, man, I don't have the kind of faith. I can't live like one of those people in the Bible. Bro. I'm like, dude, do you know how much the people in the Bible sucked? Dude, did you go have somebody's <laughs> husband killed in battle, bro, and then took his broad? Yeah, because you freaking got because her pregnant? You saw her, <laughs> like, because you saw her showering in the middle of the plaza, and you're like, yo, that's a dime piece, my guy. Yo, my lord, but she's married. And I was like, don't worry, I'll take care of it, my yeah. guy. And then has her husband killed, yeah. and then marries her, gets her pregnant, and the baby dies, and then you're like, all right, great. And then you're, you're sitting there mourning, but you know why the baby died. Yeah. And you're like, all right, bet, I can't, I, I can't be mad any longer. Yeah, yo, dude. the Bible. Yeah, the the Bible's full, and that's David. That's King David. Literally, the people who they thought was the Messiah. They thought he was the Messiah. They thought he was the one coming to redeem Israel, 
and he has so many messed up stories about his life, bro. Yo, you literally saved the world, right? Yeah. <laughs> you put a bunch of like goats, uh, uh, like you put a bunch of animals, two of a kind, one, on this giant boat. one man, one woman, or like fa- male, male and female, female animals. All in one boat, save your family, save a generation from all these Nephilim spirits, and then after that, get drunk and get naked. Yeah, dude. Noah. I mean, what more do you want here? That's Noah, by the way. I mean, yeah, just go read the freaking Bible and figure out who these people... Saul was literally murdering Christians before he became one. Like, Peter was constantly... Making big mistakes, dude. Dude, you're going to go and be like, hey, Jeff, I'm never going to deny you. But whenever he's shoplifting, he goes, he's like, hey, uh, do you know that guy? No, I've no, never bro. seen him in my life, bro. <laughs> don't know that guy at all. And when they're, they're all like, like, hey, no, is that the Jesus you used to hang out with? No, dude, I've never seen him before. Don't then, know that guy. My, and then come my the guy. third time and you're like, listen here, you mother effer. I've not seen that I guy. I've not seen that guy. <laughs> but you swore that he, that you would back him up. You swore that you would back him up and that he was your guy. You'd never leave him. You're behind him 100%. But when when things got tough, you were like, Suske, I don't know that guy. Nope. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. That's Peter. Have you ever done that and yet still be loved and redeemed? I don't know what more you want from me. <laughs> don't give me excuses, bro. Yeah, you dude, can that's do the it. thing. It's like, the people in the Bible were people. They were people. We act like they were, like, superheroes, and they weren't. They were people. Some of them had better stories than other ones, but most of the people that are highlighted in the scriptures have very, very dark times in their lives that are, that are fully accounted for in the scriptures. Like in the pages of scripture, it's like this happened. David saw Bathsheba bathing on her roof. He went and, li- and, and slept with her, gave her a baby, sent Uriah with his own death warrant. And then was like, oh, no, my baby died. Fat, 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 fat. He had Uriah shanked, bro. <laughs> he did. He was like, fat, 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 fat. And so now. I don't know what more you want from me. But then after that, him and Bathsheba have Solomon. Boom. And then, okay, you're going to be the <laughs> wisest man on earth, but have like 5,300 concubines, 50, prostitutes, seven wi- 700 wives and all kinds of things going on in your palace. But yet you're the wisest man, but yet you don't lived, even bro. know, but you don't even realize that one woman has those 700 personalities. Come on, my guy. Come on, my guy. Why do you need 700 when you, you just have the one? Multiply <laughs> 700 by 700. What do you get, bro? That's how many personalities you're getting. <laughs> One has 700. <laughs> Why are you going to go out and find 700 more? And then concubines on top of that. Come on, man. Oh, man. And then still be the wisest man. Come wisest on, man who ever lived, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Don't even come at me right now, Don't bro. Don't you dare come at him right now, bro. Can I go eat, bro? Yeah, dude. Can I go eat, please? Let's close this up. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> Podcast listeners, we'll be right back. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, thanks for joining into the podcast. Thanks for being here for sure. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, why don't you go like it or subscribe to it? Like give it us and a, share with all your lives. Give us a five-star rating. Maybe we'll give you a crisp $1 bill. A crisp $1 um, bill. Crazy lady from Chicago. What's happening? What's happening? Uh, I don't know if you... You're going to listen to this one. You're not, you haven't listened to last week's yet. I know that because there's not any crazy comments in weird languages. So... Uh, also, Saudi Arabia, what's up? Um, Guam, what's up? Saudi, ¿qué tienes? <laughs> ¿Qué tienes? <laughs> so, okay, sorry. I know you want to go eat, but here's a question I have for you. Okay. So, like, if somebody was... 
if somebody says hey and you say que quieres, that's kind of like what do you want, right? Yeah, that's just. What if you said like que tú quieres? Is that even more disrespectful? Well, I don't know if like que tú que tú quieres. Yeah, I think like those are fighting words. Okay. Like que quieres or que tú quieres. If I was always raised, if somebody calls you and they need something, just say mande. Mande. Okay. Just say mande, and then the, I don't know why I keep looking at the camera. I don't really. I Anyways, do it all the time just too. say mande, and then uh, um, they'll tell you. Okay. Because it's like going up to somebody. If like I was like, okay, because my dad used to do this. Yeah. Um, they would ask him for stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, she'd be like, yeah, what do you want? But like in his in his way, and so it looked rude and disrespectful. That's kind of how get 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 us get to get us get to get us. All right. I don't know. I just wanted to say it sometimes. I mean, you can, yeah. Sometimes I, mean, I want to do it through the drive-thru when they're like... Que tu quieres? When they're like, come here, mi chiquiwi. <laughs> no, I'm busy, bro. <laughs> I just want to be like, que tu quieres? Instead of being like, como le puedo dar? Get that shiz out of here, bro. I'm busy. Come here, mi chiquiwi. Nope. Uh, anyway, I don't know. Um, thank you for listening. <laughs> yep. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys uh, got something out of it. Uh, we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope that your uh, your quiver is full of arrows, yes. as it were. Bless God. Um, quiver the arrows, oh God. Oh God. Uh, mark my words right now. Yep. M- mark and words. Your best days are not behind you. They're in front of you. The best is yet to come. Yep. And as always. God made you special, and he loves you very much. Bye. Bye.